and shake my hand. <laughs> Give it up for Corey, everybody. That was fantastic. <laughs> and I guess, you know, I was going to wait till later to introduce my, my friend here, Mr. Quinn. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Does he have a... I don't know what's going on here. His name is Manny, Manny Quinn. And so, <laughs> I think we're good. Let's give him a round of applause this morning. All right. What? I don't know what's going on there. Okay. He's staring at me and I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, you guys, we're in this new series, uh, Rise Up, and it's week two, and last week we talked uh, through the life of Joshua, and we talked about being a committed leader. When we are called to rise up, uh, first and foremost, God wants us to show that we are committed to him, and when Joshua was leading Israel, like his legacy moment was when he stood before the people at the end of the time of his leadership, and he, he realized they were at an important moment in, in the history of their people, and he said, listen, you guys, there's going to be a lot of distractions around you. There's other gods and other countries around us, and you've got to decide who you are going to serve, and so he says this amazing moment. He says, listen, you can decide for yourselves which gods you are going to serve, but as for me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. And this was the line in the sand that Joshua drew, and it was an amazing moment in the life of Israel where they just said, hey, far be it from us to serve these other gods, we too will serve the Lord. And it was an amazing moment of unity and revival and commitment for God's people that Joshua was able to lead them to. And in the history of the Israelites, I mean, Moses led them out of Egypt. Joshua led them into the promised land. There's this, this area in their history, the last hundreds of years, where they were just led by people who rose up. And that's what we see in the book of Judges. They were judges of Israel who rose up when God called on them in moments when he needed a leader. And I think that's really applicable to where we find ourselves today because God still is asking people to rise up and to answer the call that he places on them to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he created them for. And I want you to know today that, that God has a plan and a purpose for you. You are being called to rise up. And when you rise up, it is always going to drag you out of your comfort zone because it's always a next step in your faith that's, you know, it's a little bit scary. And I want to talk about a really important first step before we dive in too deep today. And one of those first steps that God asks us all to take is this idea of baptism. And last week, honestly, one of the scary things that God asked me to say was, I believe that it's possible that if we are all just obedient and listen to what God's speaking us that on Easter Sunday, we could see a hundred people rise up and be baptized, celebrate the changed lives of a hundred people. And listen, that's terrifying. Honestly, we should clap and celebrate because I believe that's going to happen. Um, it was a little bit terrifying, but listen, I think that if we're just honest with ourselves and say, yes, I have decided to follow Jesus, that is what baptism is. That is me declaring in front of everybody publicly, I have decided to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean that I've arrived. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It just means I said yes to Jesus and he changed my life. I, I need to be baptized. In uh, Acts chapter two, it says Peter's out in the street. He's filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time and it's called the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down. He goes out and preaches in the street and 3,000 says, 3,000 
3,000 people were saved and were baptized in that day. It's just an extraordinary day, extraordinary celebration. Uh, when Saul, who, who has his, his name changed to Paul, who ends up writing half of the New Testament, when Saul encountered Jesus, he was one who was persecuting Christians. He was a terrible, terrible person. And he encounters Jesus, and it changes everything. He goes to the house of Ananias. It says that he was blinded by the light that, that God shone upon him, that the scales fall off of his eyes, and he, he says yes to Jesus. Jesus radically changes his life, and in that moment, he was baptized. It's an amazing celebration of what God has done in your life, and I want to invite you, and I want to encourage you, because a lot of times we make excuses. I believe there's a lot of people here in our church family who've said yes to Jesus a long time ago. You never took that next step of being baptized. It's, it's not really optional. It, it's something that God calls all of us to do. So if you've been waiting for the right moment or making excuses and putting it off, let's make Easter Sunday the day we celebrate your changed life. Who's with me on this? Is anybody excited about celebrating a bunch of changed lives? Um, just on a side note, we had a pretty cool moment. I was a little bit, I'm, I still am, terrified that we put that number out there. Like 100 people, there's no way. That, you know, I, I'm all like, oh, what's going to happen? What if nobody gets baptized? You know, I have no idea. Uh, Wednesday at our, our meeting where we get all of our campus pastors together, uh, we had, you know, Rem from St. Pete on there, Dustin from Mishawaka. We had Bill and Tina from Nashville. They said, we already had five people sign up to be baptized in Nashville. I'm going, that's what I'm talking about. Those are lives that have been changed and we're going to be celebrating. So I just want you to know it's already starting to ripple out. People are signing up and it's exciting to see what God is doing because listen, we're not doing this. This is what God is doing and we're just celebrating what he has done. So let us celebrate you. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic day, Easter Sunday. I, I cannot wait. Even Manny's going to be like super excited and moving around. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, today though, we're talking about what it means to be a confident leader. And I want you to know today uh, something really important. Everybody, as you came in today, should have received one of these labels. It's a name tag. It's an empty name tag. And I want you to just think about it. Think about the label that you carry. I think a lot of times we just put our name on there. Oh, my name's Tim. I, that's my name. But I want you to think about today, as, as we process the story of Gideon, I want you to think about what label it is that you have attached to yourself. What label it is that you're kind of operating under. Because I want you to know today that the real label that you have is much more than your name. The, the label that you have been given by God is that you are his child. I want you to know today that if you have put your trust in Jesus, if you believe in God, then that, that matters. That means something for a host of reasons. But in this conversation, what that means is you're not just some cosmic accident. I, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. You are his chosen prized possession. You are dearly and deeply loved. And I want you to know that that is who you are. That's the ultimate label that you should be slapping on and, and, and walking around living your life in, in perspective of. That is who you are. And I think a lot of times what we're going to be unpacking today is that the devil, who is the father of lies, he tries to slap other labels on us that, that keep us back and far away from, from who it is that God has called us to be and what it is that he's called us to do. And I think too many of us have become trapped by these labels. And Gideon was one of these mighty leaders of Israel who for the longest time in his life was, was trapped by the wrong label. And I think that if we lean into what it means and what it looks like, if we change the label and claim the identity that God has for us, it, it can change the whole dynamic of who we are, the life that we've been called to live, and, and what we can accomplish when we step out in confidence into who God has called us to be. 
So I just want you to think about it in those terms today as we unpack this and uh, ask yourself the question, do you see yourself the way that God sees you? It's an important question that uh, I want to lean into today because it's, it's an idea and it's a concept that matters. There is power in perspective. As my college professor uh, from uh, the year 2000 used to say, Dr. Richter, he'd say, class, there's power in perspective. And that is exactly what he sounded like. I just want you to know that I actually got in trouble multiple times for talking like this when I was in his class because, well, I was mocking him and he knew it. Okay, so, (laughs) but I'll never forget it because he said it over and over. There's power perspective. And there is. There is absolutely power in perspective. And it's, it's more than just uh, positive thinking. Know that. I want to clarify that right out of the gate. This isn't just, hey, sit back and relax. We're going to watch 20 minutes of Dr. Phil for a second. This is not what we're doing today. Uh, not that Dr. Phil's bad. My mom loves Dr. Phil. My mom's great. So, but it's more than just positive thinking. Um, your perception of the world, your perception of yourself it actually matters. It's very significant because if you have a, uh, a very positive perception of yourself, while you'll probably be annoying to other people, I'm just kidding. If you're positive perceiving yourself, you're going to have a more positive view of the world around you. You're going to be able to say, all right, I can do this. And you're going to be more optimistic, willing to take risks, and probably more, uh, it's, it's more likely that you'll be successful. Whereas if you have a negative Uh, view of yourself or perception of yourself, you're going to see the world negatively. You're going to have all kinds of excuses. You're going to kind of hunker down and and not take the risks and not put yourself out there. And it's going to impact your life. The way that you perceive the world, the way that you perceive yourself, it actually matters. And I go back to what we said here at the beginning. You guys, you're not some random label that the world puts on you or that the devil's trying to beat you down with. You are dearly and deeply loved by God. You have to start there. You are his prized possession made in his image, fearfully and wonderfully made. You are chosen by God. And I want us to leave today walking in the knowledge that that is who we are. I want you to leave today seeing yourself the same way that God sees you. And and I think a perfect example of, of seeing what matters and how this matters is taking a look at the life of Gideon. Because Gideon is a guy that, that God called who he needed to rise up and lead his people But Gideon didn't see himself at all as this great leader that God needed him to be. Uh, It says in Judges chapter 6, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming up with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped. Bear. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. This is the cycle of the Israelites. And honestly, it's a little bit maddening, but honestly, it's also a little bit reflective of our own lives, if we're honest. They went through cycles, up and down, hot and cold. And when they were on fire and they were focused on God and they were doing what was right, man, they were able to walk in the blessing and the favor of God on their lives. Everything, honestly, was great. 
but they would go for about one generation. They go between 20 and 40 years, and then they would turn away from God, and they would get distracted by who? The, the gods of the countries of the people around them. I mean, Joshua warned them, hey, you can decide who you're going to serve, but as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And in that moment, those people, that generation, they said, Joshua, we're with you. As for us, as for our families, we are going to serve the Lord. But when you fast forward a few years, people forget those moments. They get distracted by the gods and the, the distractions of the culture and the people around them. And what happened was Israel fell into the trap of worshiping other gods, the God of Baal, uh, the God Asherah. And what's crazy is, is you don't think about this very often, like God, the God of Baal was, was supposedly the king of the gods, the God of the sun, the God of the thunder and the storm, uh, the God of fire. He was just the all-powerful God, which if you fast forward, this is a fun fact, you fast forward hundreds of years into the, to the Greek mythology, it is Baal who essentially became what is known as Zeus to us. You'd be familiar with that. So there's actually history that shows people actually worshiped these gods in their cultures. And Asherah represented the mother of Baal. And so the people around them are worshiping these other gods. The Israelites fall into this trap. They start worshiping other gods and catastrophe falls upon them. They're in a terrible condition. They're being plundered. They have no food. They have nothing. They have nothing going on for them. And we find Gideon in a place where he's just trying to survive. But despite everything that's going against him, God has a plan for Gideon. He's calling him to rise up. And this is important for a lot of reasons. It says in verse 11, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. This is a really important conversation that Gideon is about to have. And it's the angel of the Lord appearing to Gideon, and he's saying something extravagant. Like, first of all, Gideon's hiding in the, in the wine press, trying to grow enough food for his family, when suddenly the angel of the Lord appears to him. That's a terrifying and crazy moment in and of itself, but I think what's probably even crazier to Gideon is what the angel of the Lord said. Because Gideon, again, He's in this oppressed culture. They have nothing. They're fighting just to survive. He's hiding, trying to get a little bit of food for his family. And the greeting is, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. This, this would have been shocking at every level for Gideon. He has no idea why he has been labeled mighty hero. Because in his mind, he brings nothing to the table. And I want you to know today, there's something that we learn from this interaction with Gideon and the angel of God. Even when I feel insignificant, when I feel like I have nothing to offer, that I'm just hanging on, that I'm surviving, God is with you. And I hope that you'll, you'll hold on to that truth today. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. No, in fact, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And I want you to be encouraged today. God is with you. And what's crazy is that God, God put this label on Gideon of mighty hero that is not what Gideon saw. Let's, let's use Manny here today as, as part of the example. Uh, he's wearing this beautiful shirt, beautiful, professionally designed shirt. You are loved. What a great message. That is actually the identity that we're all called to walk in, by the way. That's a really important thing for us to know. You are dearly and deeply loved by God, all right? Don't, don't lose sight of that. But what Gideon found himself thinking is, man, I'm not any type of hero. I'm a zero. I'm I'm nothing. And I think that that's a label that we are very, uh, 
we're in a lot of danger of slapping on ourselves and we start to see ourselves differently than God sees us because here's Gideon, he's hiding, he's eking out an existence, he's got nothing for him. So he's starting to think, oh, I'm not a hero, I'm a reject. I mean, Gideon's sitting there, again, eking out an existence for his family. He's not some hero, he's a loser. He has nothing to offer, nothing going on for him. And something that hits home for us, I think a lot of times, it's this idea that, man, we're dealing with a lot of stuff right now. My world has fallen apart. Where is God in all this? Sometimes you feel that tension, right? You feel like you're all alone. I mean, Gideon's feeling like that. He's literally all alone. And why is he all alone? Well, it's because he's cowering in fear. He's afraid of the Midianites. And if our fears are, are the identity that we start to take on, if that's how we start to perceive the world and everything around us, our fears paralyze us. And they keep us from living into the calling and the purpose and the plan that God has called us to. And instead of walking in confidence, we're walking in fear. We're walking as a failure and we're allowing our anxieties just to overwhelm us. And I want to encourage you today that, man, you can fall into the trap of listening to the wrong voice in your life. I, this is a verse I reference often. It's my favorite verse in the Bible, John 10, 10. And it's, it's one of my favorites for a reason because it identifies the battle. The thief, the devil, the, the liar comes to steal and to kill and destroy. I believe the devil's trying to steal your joy, kill your spirit, destroy your soul. He's the father of lies. He's trying to tell you all of your faults, all the reasons why God does not love you, why you're not going to make it, why you can't do it. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. That's, that's the thief. That's what he's trying to do. I've come that you might have life and have life to the fullest. And it's how you identify yourself. It's the label that you allow yourself to wear that ultimately determines the course of your life. Because if you put your trust in Jesus, if you really truly believe who he is and what he says and what he can do for your life, then you can't lose sight of the fact of who you really are. And I want you today to not fall into the trap of, of allowing your life to be ruled by all of these labels that just aren't real. Because even when you feel insignificant, and that's what Gideon felt, he was just completely insignificant, hiding in the wine press. God is with you. When you feel alone, when you feel afraid, when you feel like you've been rejected and you're a loser and you're alone, those are lies from the pit of hell. Those don't come from God. That's not what Jesus is speaking into you. That's the thief trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And God is asking us to rise up. I believe with all of my heart that he has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. I've been created in the image of God. I've been created by God. I've been created for God. My life has a purpose. I have an eternal destiny. God's preparing a place for me. That changes everything. I have hope. And God's given us a mission here on planet Earth. We're here to connect people with Jesus. I believe that if you're in this room, you have a circle of influence. You have people in your life that are desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus. And you are called, I am called, we are all called to be a light that shines in the darkness that points people toward him. That's our mission. That's why we're here. And God is calling for, for all of us to rise up, to be confident, and to live this life that he's called us to. But we fall into the trap of Gideon, right? God had given him this title of, of mighty hero. Gideon was walking around with the label zero, right? Like, I, I got nothing to offer. And God gave this title of mighty hero to him. What's wild about it is that Gideon had done nothing, just absolutely nothing to earn or to deserve this title. 
I just want you to consider that for a second. God sees you as, as who he created you to be. I think a lot of times we look at all of our, our faults and our failures and we, we don't allow ourselves to live into that calling. And that's what Gideon was trapped in. Here's his response. Remember, the angel of the Lord has appeared to him. This is a real conversation. He has startled him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Here's Gideon's response. Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Man, this is powerful. There is a lot to unpack here because Gideon isn't wrong. I mean, a lot of times we find ourselves asking similar questions to God when things don't go the way we thought they should. When we're experiencing a difficult moment in life, it's like, God, where are you? What's going on? I don't understand what's happening. Help me out here. Everybody else has these stories. I'd like a story too. What's going on? I mean, the word that God gives to Gideon is so important he doesn't, you know, pamper him or coddle him. He's like, oh, Gideon, you're right. It's been tough for you. I'm so sorry. I could go farther. I'm not going to. I don't want to be offensive. <laughs> but why not? Gideon, here's your comfort pet. Go, go sit in the corner. I got you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. If you need a comfort pet, I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. Um, that's not how he responds, though. Gideon asks legitimate questions, legitimate questions I think we've all asked. And what is God's response to him? It's rise up. Rise up, man. Go with the strength that you have. Take a step of faith because not only am I with you, but I'm sending you. Gideon, you're my guy. And I get it. You're overwhelmed. You feel abandoned. You have no idea what's going on right now. But rise up. Go with the strength. Do what you can. And I'm going to meet you where you're at, and I am going to be with you. What a powerful message that is from God. And I need you to know today that, man, if you're walking around with this label where you feel like, I just, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I'm weak. Man, when I am weak, he is strong. I mean, that's the promise of God in our lives. I, I have to rely on him. I can't do this on my own. I'm relying on him. When, when I'm weary, man, Jesus says, oh, come to me, all you who are weary. Anybody relate to that? I'm just, I'm tired. I'm burned out. Come to me, Jesus says, I will give you rest. I, we find these things in Jesus. And this idea of just being unworthy, like God... You can't be serious. You're not going to use me. I, I'm not good enough. He is enough. Man, when I put my faith in him, it's not about my power, my strength. It's about him and what he can do. And I think a lot of times we just feel generally lost. And I'm sorry, man, I hit you a little hard on that. That was my bad. I, you just don't know what to do. I mean, Gideon expresses this, right? God, where have you been, man? Have you abandoned us? All these other people have amazing stories. I got, where have you been? I think a lot of times it's okay to ask those questions. It's all right to talk with God and wrestle with him. But at the end of the day, when, when God says, hey man, 
I'm here. I'm asking you to rise up. It's on us to overcome all of the labels that we're hanging on to, to lay all of those excuses down and, and to rise up. And those are steps of obedience that are gonna drag you way out of your comfort zone. Man, you talk about being tired and fearful and anxious and dealing with everything that you've got on your plate. This is gonna be a step of obedience that drags you out of your comfort zone. But when God says, go with the strength you have, he's saying, do what's in front of you. Do the next thing that you can, and I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna strengthen you. I'm gonna empower you. You're gonna be enough. And I just wanna encourage you today, even when I feel insufficient, when I'm not enough, he is enough. God is with you. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. He will give you the words to say. He will give you the wisdom in the moment. You can do that. Rise up with the strength that you have and answer the call that God's placing on your life. Use the gifts and abilities, the situations, the relationships that God has created for you, the influence that you have, and step up in this moment to what he's calling you to do. Man, it goes on to say, and this is Gideon, he says, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? And Gideon's probably not wrong. I mean, he's the guy hiding in the wine press. He's not out there leading, rallying armies. No, he's hiding in a wine press, eking out an existence for himself and his family. How can I be the one that rescues Israel? And he has some good, good excuses. He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. I, I love that. I, I am pretty much the biggest loser here, God. Can we, can we talk to somebody else here? But the Lord said to him, again, I will be with you. Listen to this promise, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And it doesn't matter. I, we, have to, we have to circle this. This is too important for us to miss. It doesn't matter how insecure I feel about myself. I know all of my failures. I know all of my fear. I know all of my insecurities. I have to trust that when God calls me to do something that, that he's going to be with me because I can't do what I'm doing on my own. None of us can. It's Gideon in this moment who, who puts this into practice because make no mistake, Gideon was willing to rise up. He ended up being a great leader of Israel, but he had to overcome this moment. And this is a critical moment right here. God, how can I be the one? Don't you know who I am? And I think these are the labels that are the most difficult to overcome. Number one, it's... Don't you know my failures? God, how can you be asking me to live into your purpose and plan for life? When you, do you know what I've done? Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who I am? One of the labels that, man, the devil loves placing on us is, man, God cannot use you. Again, I'm sorry, man. God cannot use you. Because not only are you a failure, you are a sinner. You're going, God, you can't use me. I, there's too much going on here. I got... I got secrets that I've been holding on to in my life. There's God, you can't use me. The devil doesn't let us shake the labels that we put on ourselves. I'm walking around with guilt because I've been holding on to things that I shouldn't be. The worst one is shame, that feeling like I can never be good enough. I'm so thankful that here at Crossroads we have an amazing ministry called Crossroads Recovery. Is anybody excited about Crossroads Recovery? I, what an amazing. Crossroads Recovery addresses three things that apply to everyone. My hurts, the things that I'm holding on to that have just been really difficult to navigate, 
the habits in my life that I've allowed to be that just aren't healthy that need to go. I'm dealing with my hang-ups, the things that, man, I just can't seem to shake in my life. And what the devil does, because he's out there to steal, kill, and destroy, the devil just keeps whispering in your ear, you're weak, you can't do it. God's calling you to rise up, to live into this beautiful purpose and plan that he's created you for, and the devil's going, no, you're too afraid. No, don't you know who you are? You're a failure. Oh, you're a loser. No, no, you're low. Oh, you've got that secret. No, God can't use you. And we listen to that voice. We walk around with all these labels that we were never intended to walk around with. Because here's what it says. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know what that means? I mean, he further talks about that in Scripture. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far God separates your sin from you. It says in other places that God actually forgets the sin that you have committed. It's like it never, ever happened. And yet the devil will have you walk around saying, there's no way that God could use me because look at what I've done. I, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm a zero. Man, I, I've got that secret in my life. I'm walking around in shame. It's a hang-up I can't get victory over. How could I possibly rise up? And you've forgotten. You've forgotten who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have been created in the image of God. You are his child. He loves you with an extravagant love. And something that we say here all the time that matters is God loves you. God loves you so much, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And if you're willing to just approach Jesus and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. That's not who I'm going to be. I'm committing to follow you. Everything changes. God forgives you. And this is where you got to forgive yourself. And I, I have to challenge you today that even when you feel insecure, when you're overwhelmed by all these labels, God is with you. You cannot allow yourself to live perceiving yourself as all of these things because that is not who you were created to be. I believe with all my heart, God is calling us to rise up, and that means that we've got to be willing to take these labels off. I, I can't walk in fear. That's going to paralyze me. I can't be consumed by guilt. You know why? Because I've been forgiven. If I ask God to forgive me, he cleanses that. He separates it. I'm not rejected. I got to get rid of my hurts. I'm not unworthy. I'm not weak because God is with me. He's strong. He's my strength. I'm not a zero. I'm a prized possession. I've been made in the image of God. I, he loves me with an extravagant love. He paid the ultimate price. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm anxious. God knows my secrets. I'm alone. I lay all of those down at the feet of Jesus because he is the one who takes that from us. And listen, you weren't created to live that way with those labels. You were created to walk in the love that he has for you. And this, this message that's all over Crossroads that sometimes we take for granted is so incredibly important because that is how God sees you. You are dearly and you are deeply loved by him. And, and Gideon finally realized this. Man, it took him a couple tries, but man, when Gideon started leading Oh, look out. When he realized, he started believing that God was with him. It says he got up in the middle of the night. He tore down the altar to Baal. He tore down the Asherah pole, and he burned them, making a sacrifice to God. I mean, you talk about sending a ripple through the community. Like, what just happened here? And Gideon's the guy saying, we're no longer going to serve Baal. We're no longer going to serve Asherah. We're serving God. 
And the people rallied around him, and he led them to victory because God was with them every step of the way. It wasn't anything that Gideon did. You read the story for yourself because God was all over that place. It was God who got the glory because Gideon was willing to step out. He was willing to rise up, and God showed up. He was with him. He was sending him, and he didn't let him hang. He, he was there with him. He was faithful, and he provided. And I want you to know that when God calls you to rise up, you're going to have every excuse in the book, all, of, all the labels that you wear with you, you got to tear those labels off because those labels are lies. You cannot continue to be trapped by your fear, your guilt, and your shame. You've you got to lay those things down. It is time to rise up, to be confident in who you are and in who God has called you to be. And I want to challenge you, Crossroads, go with the strength that you have. God is sending you. God is with you. Don't let all of these labels hold you back. You are loved. You are a child of God. You are a prized possession. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to ask you this question as we close today. Do you see yourself the way that God sees you? I love what it says in 1 John 3, 1. He writes this, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. I, I challenge you today, rise up, be a confident leader. Never forget who you are, who God is calling you to be, and rise up in this moment Lean into the purpose and the plan that God has for you. Use the gifts and abilities that he has given you to be the person that he created to be in this moment in time for just the, the purpose that he has for you. Guys, this is our moment to rise up. If those labels have been holding you back, it's time to lay them down, to no longer walk in fear and shame, but to raise your head high and walk knowing that you are a child of God. And so what I want to do today is, is two things. As we talk about being a confident leader, I want you to know today that this all starts, this process starts by saying yes to Jesus because you can't do this on your own. I believe life will just steamroll you. It'll overwhelm you if you try to do this on your own. You need Jesus. And if you're realizing here today that you need Jesus and you're realizing that for the very first time, I, I want to give you the chance. This is something we do almost every service here at Crossroads. We give everybody a chance to say yes to Jesus. And I don't want anything to hold you back in this moment. So what I'm asking you to do is lay down all the labels. Lay down all the fears and insecurities. Rise up. Say yes to Jesus and let your journey begin. What I'd ask you to do is, all of you, would you just really be willing to stand with me as we close and be willing to say this prayer all together so that those who are needing to say it for the first time can know that we are with them in this journey and that we're all in this together. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. You will be set free. And I want you to know that that changes everything. And so I invite you to say this. If this is something you need to say for the first time, say this prayer with us today. Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we give him the praise and the glory because he is worthy. There's no one like him. And... Crossroads, as we prepare to sing this last song, I, I want to invite you to, to take another step. Um, I believe that this is a really important moment for a lot of people because I think God is challenging us all to rise up. 
And I think if you're just being faithful and listening to what God is speaking to you, there's probably a couple things going on. Number one, you might be dealing with a label that you've been walking with that's just a lie that you need to lay down. If your label that you've been walking with is fearful, shame, guilt, not good enough, failure, I invite you in this moment to just rip that label off. You guys were all given labels when you came in this morning. And here's what I'm asking you to do as we sing this song. If you realize that, man, I've been, I've been letting my life be guided by a lie. And I need to just claim who I am today and start living my life the way that God sees me. I would invite you to come forward as we sing this song. And there's markers up here. You've got your, your little uh, label already. Write down what it is that you need to walk out of your claiming the day. If you need to claim, I've been forgiven. Man, write that down on, on your name tag. Wear that boldly out, knowing that you've been forgiven. You've been set free. If you need to know, man, I'm claiming the fact that I am loved. Man, write that on the label. Walk out of your claiming the love that God has. If you need to claim that you're a prized possession, that you're fearfully and wonderfully named, that you are a beloved child of God, whatever it is that you need to claim, I invite you as a response today to come forward, claim that, and leave today seeing yourself the same way that God sees you. You are his child. You are forgiven, and you are free. I want you to claim that today, Crossroads. If we claim that, we can rise up. We can live into the calling that he's placed on our lives. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do when together we are united in that effort. So would you bow your head and close your eyes with me as we prepare to sing this song? I invite you to respond the way that you feel led. Come forward, write that, that label on the sticker, claim it, and then leave the day knowing who you are. Jesus, you are good. And we claim today that the fact, the truth, that you love us with an extravagant love and there's nothing we can do about it. We claim today the truth that when we confess our sins to you, Jesus, you are faithful. You are just. You forgive us of our sins. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's like it never happened. And God, I'm just praying, God, that we would claim your forgiveness in our lives, that you would allow us to forgive ourselves, that you would help us to not walk any longer in shame as a failure. God, that's not who you created us to be. Don't allow the devil to steal our joy, to kill our spirit, to destroy our souls. God, no, help us to claim the life that you have for us, life to the fullest. Help us to claim the power that comes from knowing we are your children. We are dearly and deeply loved by you. God, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done, what you have created us for. And God, we ask you for the strength to continue on, to rise up, and to fulfill this calling and this purpose that you've placed on our lives today. So God, we love you. We praise you. We pray this in your name together. And we say, amen.